Welcome to Behavioral Grooves. My name is Kurt Nelson. And I'm Tim Houlihan. In this grooving episode, Kurt and I will highlight 10 tips on how you can keep your New Year's resolutions and manifest an even more amazing version of the already wonderful you. Okay, Tim, question for you. Yeah, go ahead. What is the percentage of New Year's resolutions that are maintained after two weeks? 18%. 18%? Was oh, that, Tim, was, Tim, Tim, Timmy, Tim, Tim. Was, was Tim. that a good guess? <laughs> you are so wrong. Okay. <laughs> How wrong am I? <laughs> According to a study by the University of Scranton, only 9% of New Year's resolutions are achieved, which means that 91% of people fail at achieving their New Year's resolutions. And in fact, the study found that most New Year's resolutions don't last more than two weeks. Yikes. So by January 15th, we've all fallen off that New Year's resolution wagon. Okay, so that's why we're here to help you, our listeners, by providing some tips and hacks that can help you maintain your resolutions and achieve your goals. And by the way, we're taking this medicine ourselves. What? Yeah, we are. are. And we're going to make our own New Year's resolutions more successful because of these 10 tips. All right, so we're going to do this together so we can all stay on our New Year's resolution bandwagon. That sounds great. Okay, Kurt, tip number one. Number one, make it emotional. Don't just do rational resolutions. Make sure that you engage an emotional trigger, something that makes it meaningful to you. It needs to have more than just, I ought to do this. Yeah. It needs to have that larger connotation. Like Caroline Webb talked about. Caroline Webb talked about finding that larger meaning. Now, this is hard. It's not an easy facet to do. It's difficult. But if you can make that emotional connection, so try to think about it. if it, it's, it's uh, try to tie it into who you are, the self identity of of you as a, as an individual. Uh, it's not about losing weight; it's about being healthier because I'm a healthy person. I'm a healthy person, or, right? Or right. you can be vain about it and say it's not it's not about losing weight; it's about looking good, right? That's fine it's a too. Powerful emotion that yeah. is meaningful for us. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's important. Okay. Um, number two. Okay. Uh, the second tip is to adopt your future self as your present identity, right? There's a ton of research about hyperbolic discounting that, that helps us understand that the future is so vague that it's hard for us to get our hands around it. But the, f- the present is very meaningful to us. So if we can, if we can help bring the, our future self into the present we are much more successful. Right. Hal Hirschfield did some really cool work on uh, aging, showing people aging pictures of themselves, and that work uh, had that, bringing that that future person, making it more real, making it more vivid in their memory. And when he did that, uh, they not only invested more in this experiment where they were looking at investments in their retirement aspect instead of the future checking or fun planning stuff, right, when they were shown pictures of that, but they also had the, did some fMRI studies where their neural pathways were different. Yeah. And so it changes how we actually think and thus makes your New Year resolution easier to achieve or more likely to achieve because now that future identity, that f- perfect future that you want is more vivid to today, which is going to drive that some of that emotion that we talked about. And the way you could bring that back is to have your future self write you a letter. Yes. 
So, or write a letter to your future to your future self, self right? And, and, and say this this is who I'm going to be in the in the future. This is what my future self looks like, right? Um, okay, third third tip. So start small. So while it's great to have really big goals, and you can definitely have those big, sure. hairy, audacious goals that you have out there, make sure that you break that down into manageable, small so easy to do steps that there's no way that I'm not going to do those steps. Yeah, BJ Fogg talks about tiny habits. Tiny habits, James Clear, James atomic Clear's, habits. Uh, atomic, right, right. super like small. Super, I mean, smaller than tiny, they're atomic, right? So, so give us an example of, of, of a tiny habit. Well, so um, so BJ Fogg talks about, you know, make, a, make your thing to, if you want to start flossing your teeth, just make it the habit of flossing i only have to floss one right one one tooth one tooth yeah i don't have to do anything else well i can always floss you know i can floss a tooth it's not that hard you know and then doing it james clear talks about this too where he talks about um you know if you want to start working out say you want to you want to start doing you know sit-ups and push-ups and everything well don't start off and just trying to max out as many as you can do Start by saying, you know what? I'm every day this week. I'm going to do ten, do ten push-ups, ten sit-ups, ten little, yeah. you know, curls, whatever. If, if it is. that's relevant and and you know and meaningful to you, right? Because someone else who's already more fit might say, well, that'd be silly. You right. know, I can already do fifty. Well, and you might start or, off with five. You might start off yeah. with one. Whatever that that right. small denomination is. But then next week, next week you do. 11 and the week after that you do 12 or maybe you do 12 the next week and then 14 and then 16 so it seems you know like oh god 10 sit-ups that's not very money but by the end of the year you might be doing 100 sit-ups and that then if you're doing that every day that's a great way of doing it but you're doing it so that it's so small and you just become such a routine various different facets about that Uh, that tees up the fourth tip about tying in triggers you you mentioned this idea of uh, flossing that mm-hmm. if my if my if my New Year's resolution is I'm going to floss right. okay so maybe by the end of the year I want I want that to be I'm flossing every time I brush my teeth or I'm flossing every day or twice a day right. or whatever that is maybe that the, the trigger for flossing starts with I br- I already brush my teeth twice a day yeah. so if I'm doing that twice a day well then that could be the trigger to cue up the flossing yeah so like uh, Caroline Webb talked about the when then statements. Yeah. So when I brush my teeth, then I will floss. Or, you know, when I um, wake up, I will put on my running shoes uh, that will then lead me to go running, hopefully. Yes. So various different things. Exactly. When, then statements. When, then Use them. Okay, number five. Remove friction. Actually, anticipate what those roadblocks would be. Do a pre-mortem. Annie Duke talked about Annie, this. You yeah, know, absolutely. Talked about doing a pre-mortem. What are those things that if I, if I was a year out and I had failed at my resolution and I looked back, what were those things that caused me to fail at that resolution? Yeah. Understand what they are and then build strategies or remove them completely, right? 
It's the Oreos in the basement component that we've talked about before. Love that. Right? Love that. Look, I don't want to... I, I, let's remove that temptation. Make it frictionless. So as much make, as make possible. Make achieving frictionless. Make achieving your objective. Add friction to the Oreos. Add fr- <laughs> That's a very good point. Add friction to those things that you don't want to be doing. Yeah. Reduce friction from those things that you do want to be doing. Absolutely. Okay, number six is to enlist social support. Wow, you know, we are tribal, and so we rely on all kinds of support from our community. And there's a, there's a couple of different levels on which you can get support. Right. Right? We can start with the cheerleader. Right. So you want somebody to be there that's going to be supporting you, cheering you on, making, you know, giving you that pep talk when you're going, it's raining outside, I don't want to go out and do my jog. And they're going, come on, you got to do it. But we also need a coach from time to time. You need a coach. What's a coach do? The coach is going to be there to say, maybe you could think about it a different way. Maybe you could think about achieving this more effortlessly if you did this. Or when I was doing this, this is how it's that, that, that bringing that, that, wisdom of already being there and different things. And then I think one of the key facets that uh, your social support network brings is this accountability, that referee, the person who you have to answer to. Yeah. And they're going to hold you accountable and say, you know what? You said you were going to exercise three times a week. And now you're telling me that you, you only did it once last week? And by the way, this person might not be your significant other. Or someone that close to you, <laughs> right? It might that might not work. We had that. We've had that conversation. The, I asked it, my wife to do that for me on my dissertation, and she said, "No way. That, that you're just gonna be the nagging wife." Which was a really good choice. It was a really good choice. <laughs> We're still married. <laughs> That's right. Uh, but you could you wh- whoever you choose, you could reciprocate and be that person for them. Right. So Annie Duke bringing her and and the conversation we had with her and talked about accountability groups and having that those accountability groups and 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 know that. These don't all have to be the same person. They can be different people acting different roles, or it could be one person acting in all roles, or it doesn't even have to be a a person that you interact with every day. Um, I did a workshop on change one time, and the woman uh, talked about when she started her weight trainer, her exercise routine, she had a trainer, and the trainer forced her to post every day afterwards what she did in her workout. Um, And soon she got this following of her friends. And so even though she doesn't use that trainer anymore, she has to post because otherwise her friends are going, hey, it's 8 a.m. Are you okay? I haven't seen a post of your workout from the the day. That social component, holding her accountable, but also then being that support. Hey, great job. Gosh, you guys, you are just, you're a inspiration for me, all these other things. And it was really uh, people, she said, I don't even know some of these people. Important. Number seven is measurement. Measure your progress, not just measure the end result, Right, so uh, again, we, we've referenced Annie a lot here. It's not just about resulting; it's about the progress that you're making along the way. Right. So measuring progress is is a really important thing, so that as you move through the milestones that you're that you've set up for yourself, you're saying, "I I got to the point where I I picked up the floss every day after after I brush my teeth." Right. And and the measurement can be as simple as a check mark on a calendar. I do that. Um, for myself, because it my works, own thing, and, and it works. Um, or you can automate it. Uh, Fitbits, um, a variety of different other technological things. Great the apps. More that There's you apps can, that will track apps this. Apps that will do that. And, and so the easier again, reduce the friction on this, mm-hmm. but make it simple, but make it meaningful. And, and 
make the measurement meaningful as well. If you're think about this from the if you're trying to lose weight and you measure your or you weigh yourself every day, it, sometimes the scales can be so precise that you you go and one day you're at 190 and the next day you're at 190.2 and you go up and it's like oh my gosh this is it's not working and, but our bodies aren't that exact in themselves our bodies aren't that exact so either yeah. think about the timing or the space that you use in between it obviously the more that you can measure typically is the better but sometimes you need to make sure that there's enough time that you'll actually see that progress can happen within that time so so, you with, make that. so with weighing yourself you what actually might be better is if you're writing it down and so you could on a chart and you could actually plot the progress that you're making visually in front of you rather than only referring to the previous day right right yeah so plot it out over time and you can yeah. see a trend various different things so regular measurement acts in multiple fonts um, different ways, right? Yeah. One, as a measure of your progress that we just talked about, but two, it can also indicate as an early warning sign that maybe what you're doing is wrong. So yeah. maybe that weight isn't going down over time and not just a day or two days or even a week, but you know, over a course of a month, if you're seeing something different or whatever it would be so that you can then look and say, what am I doing wrong or what do I need to change in order to achieve this goal? So you got, you know, measuring your progress is a sign that you're not progressing yes. um, as different things. But three, it could also act as a prime. Did you say prime? I did. Not that really? we ever talk about prime. I don't even know how to spell prime. <laughs> P-R-I-M-E. <laughs> we love primes. We love primes. But yes. it can work as a prime. It can yes. be that that little trigger that says, oh, yes, here's what I got to do. And then four, the, oh. the actual measurement that checking of your mark off on this day is actually can be a reward you can release a little bit of dopamine in your brain and just by doing the measurement yeah, yeah this is powerful stuff and rewards are really important especially extrinsic rewards yeah which is what number eight on it's our, number eight how uh, about that reward your progress so those 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 milestones that you've just set, those measurement areas, those starting small, make sure that you don't just save that reward until the end and that big, hairy, audacious goal. So if I get, if if my my ultimate goal is to lose 10 pounds and I hit my three pound milestone, do you think I should go out and reward myself with an ice cream sandwich? <laughs> If it's a skinny ice cream sandwich, no, no, I, you, it's about rewards, choosing appropriate rewards. Your rewards need to be appropriate to what yeah. you're trying to do. It could be a night of binge watching Netflix with uh, oh. somebody that you really like. Yeah, um, maybe it's going for a walk. It, there can be a lots of different things. Now, you also have to make sure that you're not setting those rewards that they're so small that they're you can blow them off. Right? They need to be meaningful. They need right. to have some impact. Yeah, yeah. There's great research done on having awards sort of match the level of effort. Uh, so if if the reward is so small that I don't care about it, I, like you said, I'm going to blow it off. And consequently, if it's too big, it it kind of throws things off. But it's good to have stuff like you mentioned the binge uh, night watching. Yeah, you know that's really a great thing to plan ahead and look forward to. And then you get the the extra joy in planning the reward and actually setting up that night with a good friend to go and do that and have that experience. Right. Okay, number nine. Give yourself a break. We are human. We're not machines. And the world is complex and things happen. So we're not 
going to always be 100%. Everything isn't always going to go as planned. Yeah. So if you have a setback, if you have a week where well, you are going to... When you have a setback. When you have a setback. It's going to happen. So that week that you said, I was going to exercise four times this week, and you only exercise two times, oh, you know what? Okay, just now next week, make sure that you exercise four times, right? Yeah. James Clear has a wonderful statement, never miss twice. Um, and, and I think it's really, really interesting um, because those setbacks that we have can often really demotivate us yeah. and those demotivation then leads to greater demotivation so you know what you're out you have a couple you're at a party and oh my gosh those brownies look great and i eat two of them and i'm on my diet and now i feel bad well i might as well have a third or a fourth and then and then by then i'm well the german chocolate cakes there and oh look there's ice cream sundaes and now and now i never have to worry about dieting tomorrow again. morning i'm gonna have pancakes too because <laughs> damn it i'm already broke this off so Another important part of the idea of giving yourself a break is that overconfidence tends to lead us to, and this is really common, to setting dates and time frames that are unrealistic. Right. And it's most common for us to say, oh, I can get this done in two weeks. Right. And we don't. We, and, and we have to give ourselves a break to not consider that a failure because as long as we're continuing to make progress, if we get to that milestone that we said was going to take two weeks and we get there in, in three weeks or four weeks or five weeks, right. we are still achieving and we need to still celebrate that success. Right. And, and oftentimes we get into a plateau. We might have a really good success yes. at the beginning, but yes. then we plateau yeah. and that can be really demotivating as well. So. So, you know, if you're writing a book, like hopefully we're going to be writing our book, you know, we're not going to do that in six months. We're going to have no, to do this. No, it might not. not even be a year. We need to be realistic about some of those time frames and just make yeah, sure absolutely. that you give yourself a break. Okay, last right. tip. Make it fun. How do you do that? Yeah, fun. <laughs> you know, remember fun? Oh, fun. <laughs> that stuff that we used to do, right? Right. It's so important. And this kind of gets back to frictionless, but this is going right to the next level to say, okay, what I'm going to be doing, I'm going to actually make this not just a priority, but I'm going to do this in a way that brings joy to my life. Right. Right. So it's not about drudgery and I have to do this. It's because I want to do it. This gets back to meaning. Yep. I'm doing this because it's meaningful to me. Right. And tying it into something that uh, is intrinsic into you. We talked about those rewards and the extrinsic rewards, you know, are really important. And we need extrinsic rewards oftentimes to really yes. jumpstart our behavior. Yep. But we have to find that intrinsic reward for Absolutely. us. We need to be able to do that. And so use those rewards to help jumpstart the behavior. Make sure that you find that intrinsic reward, that joy, that laughter uh, that is going to come with whatever it is that you're doing uh, to make sure that you keep and maintain that. Going so on. laughing when you're successful and laughing in the in the face of when you're not successful. Which is why we laugh all the time. I won't say if it's because we're successful or because we're not. Well, it's both, right? But, <laughs> but it releases, laughter releases endorphins, and that actually helps us feel less pain and anxiety. Yes. So it's an important biological buffer that just by laughing about how, well, this didn't go as I thought it was going to go... Or, hey, that was terrific. That just went so good. And laughing out loud is so important. So just listeners, laugh with us right now. Just laugh a little <laughs> bit. It's so good. All right. So let's go over these really quick again. 
one, make it emotional. Make sure that you tie it into your self-identity, make it something that has meaning for you. Make sure that it's not just a rational thought, I'm gonna do this because I think I should. Two, adopt it to your future self and bring that future self into the present. Write yourself a future letter, um, make sure you're bringing that in. Number three, start small. Make sure that you're you can have a big, hairy, audacious goal for your resolution, but break it down into small pieces so that so that you don't get lost in accomplishing in the first two weeks. And uh, number four, tie those triggers, those important behavioral triggers, to the achievement of your of your uh, objectives using uh, when and then statements. Um, number five, remove friction try to anticipate what those roadblocks would be, figure out ways around those, set the environment up for success, make it, make the good behavior for, um, easy, make the bad behavior hard. Number six, enlist social support. Make sure that you have somebody acting as a cheerleader, somebody acting as a coach, somebody acting as that accountability person that's re that referee, can be the same person, can be multiple people, can even be social media. Number seven is to measure your progress. Measure appropriately, measure appropriate frequency, uh, and uh, make sure that you are taking measurement as uh, on progress. It's a sign of what's working and what's not working. Uh, you can use that measurement as a prime, and measurement in itself can be a reward. Which is number, number eight is reward your progress, right? Set milestones along the way, and make sure that you're setting appropriate rewards for the effort that you're doing so that you don't just discount it or it's too much but have that reward make it make it part of this whole process and number nine give yourself a break it's okay if you fall off the wagon but as james clear says don't miss twice don't miss twice and finally make, make it fun, fun. There you go. <laughs> Figure out a way to, to just tap into that intrinsic motivation um, and, and make it fun. So with that, I wish you the best of luck in your New Year's resolutions or any type of behavior change. If you're listening to this as an old one and it's not New Year's, you know, you can Still use these change. things on be any type of behavior change that you want to run. So thank you for listening. We hope you have learned something. And uh, good luck in 2019 and well beyond.